I am, I am Dr. Sheila Sapp, and I have a business, Sheila E. Cares Educational Consulting and Services. And this afternoon, I have the pleasure of talking to Mrs. Jessica Cherie Erica. And I just want to have you sit back and enjoy our conversation. And how are you, Jessica? Oh, Sheila, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for inviting me today to interview with you. Okay, I am so glad that you're able to come. And I want to start by you asking you to tell a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I'll be glad to. I'm a wife and mother and grandmother of three precious grandsons. I paint and I write. I have four books out, but currently I write for the local newspaper, the Tribune and Georgian, twice a month. And yet, most importantly, I've walked with the Lord Jesus for 43 years. Because of his forgiveness in my life, I've learned to extend forgiveness to those who've hurt me. And it enabled me to love my driven, classy, alcoholic mother because she loved me the best she could. Yes. Well, I am a firm believer in that whatever people decide to do or become, that they have a why, they have a passion and some drive that motivates them and gives them purpose in their life. And you wrote a book, The Mother Gap. Yes. So I wanted to ask you, what was your why for writing about your experience with your mom growing up? I think that the why boils down to the fact that as I watched my mother's life, I saw bitterness consume her. And I realized that I didn't want that for my life that I had been accumulating her pain in my heart and that I needed to be free of that. So as God showed me how to be willing to forgive her, um, I wanted to share that with others because many women have conflicts with their moms or other close relatives. So we all are in process of learning how to forgive and let go. Well, I know in growing up, I didn't have, um, what you experienced with my mother, but you know, we all have had some experience and some pain and hurt, whether it be from your mother, your father, or someone else in our life. And you know, you were young when all of this happened. And I just wanted to ask you, how did you compensate or insulate yourself against the pain and the hurt that you felt. And I don't know if I did a good job. I don't think we can apart from the Lord. And in fact, I think the, the reason, the thing I wanna share most with people today is that my mm -hmm. journey involved letting God change me and giving me a willingness to forgive. Um, you know, Matthew, in the book of Matthew, Jesus's own words say um, that we will be forgiven if we forgive other people's trespasses. But if we don't, our father will not forgive us. 
And I think that command really grabbed a hold of me and taught me that it was important, not only important, but mandated. Also, the mm -hmm. parable of the ungrateful servant in Matthew 18 talks about the importance of forgiving others. We have been forgiven so much and that the act of forgiving really frees us. As far as how I insulated myself during those years, I ended up seeking comfort in food. And I, I know that carbohydrates turn into sugar, just like mm -hmm. alcohol turns into sugar. So it's been a long lifetime struggle for me that I'm still in the fray, but learning to let go mm -hmm. of a false dependence or a dependence on a false idol. Um, I think that that was my, my mode of, of uh, survival. It's um, idolatry. Just as she was an alcoholic, I've had a problem as well. Yes, I, I understand that perfectly. And, you know, when I think back right now, I use food for comfort because it, it just seemed like it just soothed a certain part of me when I was dealing with pain. Yes. Now, being such a young child, and I don't know if I share with you that I'm the oldest in my family, the oldest of six. Uh-huh. And I believe with you, yeah, you're also the oldest. Mm -hmm. And I just want to ask you, when did you realize your mother was ill and hurting too? That's a great question and not an easy one for me to answer because I think I was always aware of her pain. Um, I coined the expression years ago that I had a front seat a front row seat to her despair. And so as the oldest, and in my case, the only daughter, I felt it was a portion to me to carry her pain, kind of like a pack mule. And every time she would unload a grievance or a terrible memory, it went on my back. Um, through the years though, I realized that she had such a hurting childhood herself. You know, she came into the marriage with my dad, very, very wounded hoping that marriage would bring an affirmation and an approval that she so sought. Uh, little did she know that she married a man with a lot of baggage of his own. And so mm -hmm. he was unable to give her what she needed. In fact, he used sarcasm to push her away. And he used yeah. that with us as well. But it's interesting, Sheila, that on her deathbed, she acknowledged that she had hurt me. And um, wow. she was sleeping. I was rubbing her arm and comforting her, telling her how much I loved her in the hospice suite where she lay. And I thought she was asleep. And all of a sudden, though her eyes were closed, she says to me in a strong voice, why do you love an old woman who has caused you so much pain? Wow. And I thought, whoa. And, and immediately I thought, well, I better answer quickly or she'll be agitated. Mm -hmm. I just had that feeling like, oh my goodness, I've never heard this. And out of my mouth, I said, because I love my mom and you're my mom. And, or actually, I think I said, I love, what did I, I wrote it down? You are my mom and I love my mom. And in that minute, I knew I was affirming her, even though she'd given me you know, the best she could do as an apology. Right, right. Now, being the oldest, you had some younger siblings. How did they handle 
your mother's illness? Another great question. You know, we all handled it in our own ways. It was almost like we were separate islands. And I, even though I studied psychology in college, I've never done any in-depth study of alcoholism. I've never belonged to Al-Anon. It would have been a good thing for me. But I think that in alcohol, families of addiction, there's a lot of denial that goes on. Mm -hmm. And we, we don't talk about it. We don't deal with it. And um, I'm just so grateful uh, that Jesus got a hold of me when I was 22 because um, there was a lot of pain for my siblings and myself. In fact, we actually came upon her when she on a terrible suicide attempt and she was unconscious in the bathroom having used alcohol and pills and and what do we do what do we do I went to I ran to get a, a cold washcloth for her forehead because that's how we dealt with headaches in my house and mm -hmm. I think I was 13 almost 14 um, mm -hmm. but her pain was so great and yet we never discussed it we just coped we were as flexible as we could um and moved on so even though my siblings and i will talk about it once in a while now into our 50s and 60s um we were very much alone at the time wow so everyone just kept all that hurt and pain to themselves. I know, I know. Hmm. And, you know, I read your book and it's a great testimony to forgiveness and, you know, your search for connection. And I have been posting on my Facebook page questions dealing with forgiveness. And there have been, you know, different answers to forgiving, to no, you know, never. And one of the questions that I asked was, when you forgive, can you forgive and forget? So I wanted to ask you, do you or can you actually forget when you forgive someone for your past hurt and pain? Well, I can only speak to my own experience. But here I am in my 60s, and I have found that because I was willing to do the hard work of letting go, of forgiving um, someone who didn't mean to hurt me, or maybe she did at times, but I was willing to forgive, that the memories that I have left, the edges have all blurred. Um, they've been softened with time and I think with love and with forgiveness. And so the memories still remain, but they're nothing um, concrete or they don't cause me pain anymore. It's almost like the sting is gone. And I think that that's the healing that the Lord does when we're willing to let it go and not hold their sin against them. Yes. Would you share that moment that you decided to forgive and try to connect with your mother? Oh, Sheila, I wish it was just a moment. I think, I think there came a time mm -hmm. um, that we were able to live within three hours of each other. Um, from the time I went away to college, I never lived close to my mom. 
or my dad. We just moved to the other side of the country, but I stayed in constant contact with her. I, we talked by phone most of the time, and especially mm -hmm. when the kids were little. Uh, she loved being a grandmother, and it was fun for me to see the joy that that brought her. But in my 40s, God deemed it that we would live within a three hours apart. And so the hurting continued because of her bitterness. She was just so filled with bitterness. And I finally, I think out of self-preservation, um, sought the Lord and said, okay, I've got to get over this because I don't want to become bitter. I don't want to be a bitter, sarcastic, older mm -hmm. woman as I age. And it's interesting, if you have a willing heart, um, the Lord is going to bring you resources and friends, maybe even an interview like this, that will spark, spark a thought and start you on your journey of forgiveness. And I'd like to share a book that really meant a lot to me. Um, it's written by a wonderful Christian doctor, psychologist, I believe, named Dr. Linda Mintle, M-I-N-T-L-E. Uh, Dr. Linda Mintle wrote a book called um, I Love My Mother But, and it's available on Amazon. It had a different title when it was first released on, in mm -hmm. hardcover, but that book meant so much to my recovery in that I read about issues that a lot of women have with their mothers and the nuts and bolts boil down to the fact that we put our mothers on pedestals. We're prone to do that. Yes. You know, she's the most significant person in our lives. She, we come out of the womb wanting this, um, to hear her voice. We only know the smells associated with her carrying us, the warmth of the waters that surround us. But often we um, put her on this pedestal and none of us are perfect and all mothers are going to fall off a pedestal if we have a real disconnect with mothers. Yeah. Um, Dr. Mintel said in her book, and I underlined most every sentence in that book, that um, our moms do the best they can with what they have. And I think that was the springboard for me to finally, mm -hmm. finally realize that with my mother's own personal woundedness, she had done the best she could with me. So that that was the beginning okay. beginning part of my beginning journey. Part. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And as you were talking, yes, when you made the statement about your mother did the best that she could with what she had. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we all come to that point in our lives because, you know, I grew up without the presence of my father. He left when I was real young. And I just remember the pain that I felt looking out this front bedroom window, yeah. watching him drive off oh. and knowing that I probably would not see him again. And I don't think I saw my father five times out of my entire life oh Sheila and I just you know I just wanted to have him come back and visit with me yes but it didn't happen that way mm -hmm. and and I came to the point where I realized that he did love me and I found out after becoming an, a 
adult uh -huh. that he set aside and and knew it to for me and uh -huh. i didn't find out about that until after he had passed wow so and i never really shared how i felt because whatever happened between him and my mother yes my mother was bitter yeah. and she really didn't like us talking about him so i didn't feel comfortable asking her about him so i didn't really learn a, a lot about him and i just wanted to ask you when you were going through this and experiencing the trauma that you experienced you know what was happening at home was there any time that you shared with anyone or felt comfortable enough to actually say and talk about what you were experiencing i wish i wish that there had been someone um in fact the day that my mom was ushered to the hospital unconscious my father nominated me to go in the ambulance with her and I was nearly 14 years old. Um, the neighbors all came out and were gawking as the ambulance went up the long driveway to the hospital. And I was sitting, it was a Saturday, I think, and we, I was sitting in this empty, sterile waiting room while they took her back to work on her and pump her stomach. And I was so alone. I, I didn't have any money on me, but I thought of her one friend I would have called. Mm -hmm. And there was a payphone I couldn't call. I know now that Jesus came in that room and put his arm around me. But I had no one to talk to about this. And in fact, as might be true in other families of addiction, I never mm -hmm. wanted to say anything negative about my mom. I didn't want anyone to have a bad opinion of her, uh, to denigrate her in other people's eyes. So truly all those years until I got married and then I unloaded my whole heart on my sweet husband, um, there were only two friends that I told about the suicide attempt. And both times I felt guilty that I was saying something terrible about my mom. So no, I was very alone. I'm sure my siblings were as well. And I have a feeling that's a pretty common um, occurrence. Well, it, as you were talking, I was just thinking, I was raised in our house. One of the things that my mother preached mm -hmm. to us <laughs> was whatever happens in this house stays in this house. Yes. And I don't want you going out yes. and telling any of our business. Yes. And she always said, now, if someone tries to question you, then you tell them to see me. So consequently, I learned to keep a lot of things to myself. And there were things and feelings that I had that I didn't even share with her. Yes. And um, you read my story about Karen. So yeah. all of that I kept to myself. Oh, oh. Yeah. Sure. So I understand exactly how you felt. You know, I'm thinking that this is a real um, challenge to youth leaders to sense when their charges, when the children in their youth groups are hurting, mm -hmm. to pray for insight to come alongside those that they might discern the 
the Holy Spirit would give them the discernment on who's so needy because it would have really helped me and you to have someone yes. in confidence to point me to God's love, to tell me it was okay, to affirm my efforts to take care of my mom. Um, I know there's a ministry called, oh goodness, what is it right now? I'm, having a senior moment it started oh, right. it started in the lutheran church and it's a stevens ministry it's okay, a ministry yeah. where, where they teach lay people on how to minister uh, to be god's hands and feet and i went through that course and and we actually sat on a panel as a person who had no one to talk to no one to discuss the hurt and pain in my heart so mm. i know we both could have benefited from that right I know the church that I attend has a Stevens ministry. Oh, that's wonderful. That's it one, it's a wonderful ministry. All right, Jessica. If there was a way for you to go back to the teenage Jessica, then what would you say to her? And what advice would you give her to handle the situation, as you you know, you mentioned earlier that you don't, you're really not sure you handle it well. So, what would you mention to her about how to handle the situation? Well, I think I would tell my teenage self that um, she could not make it all right for her mother or her family. I think mm -hmm. I would try to. Well, definitely, I would introduce her to the one who could yes. really help her. And that's our Lord and Savior. Uh, yes, ma'am. The one, the one who forgives us everything and makes things right, the only true source of help and hope. But I would just affirm uh, my teenage self to learn to be quick to forgive, not to accumulate hurts in her heart, my heart. Um, I used to have a little black book in my heart. I never classified it as that, but it was like, okay, this was done. And then another one, the hash marks okay. would tally up. And the Lord actually told me and when I was a young mother that I needed to tear up that little black book in my heart. And I thought, how do you know about that little black book? And he just wanted <laughs> me to let it go. So I would give her this good advice. I, I pray she would take it because um, it's a sure defense against bitterness it's to learning to forgive quickly and to trust in the Lord and seek his approval and his affirmation. Yes. Okay, Jessica. You know, we have been talking and chatting and you've been sharing your experience. And there are people out there watching, probably people who are on their own journey with forgiveness and trying to make, you know, to reconnect with a loved one. It could be their mother or father or sister. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to ask you, what do you want people who may be watching and listening um, to take away from your book, The Mother Gap and your, your experience? with forgiveness. Well, I titled the book, The Mother Gap, because of the disconnect I always felt. And in the process of healing and learning to forgive, we found out that Jesus Christ is the bridge. And because mm -hmm. of him, we were able to 
link our arms and our hands, uh, forgive each other, and have a relationship the last couple years of her life that was very, very precious. What an awesome gift God gave me. So I, I think that the takeaway is to learn not to accumulate hurt in your heart. We, we weren't created to carry hurt in our heart. And yet, since the fall, since Adam and Eve disobeyed their heavenly father, sin came into the world and we're all prone to sin, yes. whether it's selfishness or self-protectiveness or vindictiveness. Um, we all sin. So we all need to forgive. It's amazing how easily we step on each other's toes, you know, even in the church and even in ministries where we're committed to God and to each other, we step on toes, we, we say things without thinking, we say things to protect ourselves, and we hurt people unintentionally, even sometimes intentionally. So God has commanded us to forgive. It's a, a debt we owe. Um, and that's the big takeaway of being uh, so vulnerable about my journey is that there is freedom when we choose not to hold other people's sins against them. And that's what God has done for us. Yes. So that's the freedom that we can get. And then we can live and love like our savior. Wow. I am just filled with emotion because I have been dealing with forgiveness and trying to reconnect and one of the things that I want to mention before we conclude uh -huh. our chat is, you know, sometimes we can hold something against someone and they have no idea that we're holding this. And sometimes you need to be brave enough to face them and tell them. And I find on a few occasions when I've done that, that, as I said, they weren't even aware. They didn't mean it that way. And sometimes we take things the wrong way. Yes. You know, our perspective is skewed. Yes. And, you know, we, we have an experience which causes us to behave a certain way. And so when a person says something or acts a certain way, then we connect it to that experience. So that's so true that no one shares our unique filter. And so they can say or do something or not say or do something and affect us in a way they have no idea. I think the beauty of forgiveness is that if it's minor, we can get good at letting it go, yeah. right? If yeah. it's major, we need to go in love and share appropriately how we're feeling. Use I messages, not accusatory, mm -hmm. but yeah. I feel this or I felt this when you did or when you said that. You may not realize it. Um, the thing about forgiveness, Sheila, is that we get to practice it every week every day and sometimes hour by hour um it, it's yes. a lifelong it's a lifelong challenge but i guess journey is a great word um because we get better at it we can practice it and um <laughs> i know just in the last year i made some bumbling remarks to people i care about and i had to be quick to forgive and ask for forgiveness so 
And I have to share something that I, I don't think about often enough. When we ask for forgiveness, we are showing a hurting world what it's like to belong to God. Because people that don't walk with Jesus rarely ever ask for forgiveness unless their pain is, is all consuming. But as believers, when we're sensitive to how we might have affected someone negatively, when we ask for forgiveness, I think they see Christ in us, not our own bravado, our own persona, um, our own protectiveness. They see a yes. vulnerability that comes from our faith. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And before we close, Jessica, I just want to tell you that this has really been a great session. And I read your book and I wanted you to share with the audience if they're interested in purchasing your book, how they can get it, and you know, if you have a website, if you would share that, I really would appreciate it. Thank you, Sheila. Well, you asked me to show it on camera. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have the software so that the words will be written in the right, the right way. The letters won't come, they'll come out backwards, I'm sure of it. But um, it is available on Amazon. So if you have Prime, you can get it lickety split. It's on ebook or soft cover. I also have it on eBay. If you want to purchase it there, I'll be sending it from my house and um, I can personalize it for you. Or you can go to my website, which has been dormant for a while, but you can contact me through my website and I'll be glad to mail off a personalized copy to you. The website is my name, Jessica C. Errico, E-R-R-I-C-O.com. And Sheila, you, you said you might text, you know, print out or type in that information later. Yes, I plan to do that, folks. I plan to do that on the description in the bottom part. Okay. So I will okay. upload this video to YouTube and plus post it on my Facebook page. And again, I just want to thank you. Oh, Sheila, um, thank you. <laughs> this journey of forgiveness is a long one it is and you mentioned you know about giving i messages mm -hmm. and i also want to add that if you find that you need to seek professional help yes do so do so amen do so. amen because it's a long journey but it can be a joyful journey yes it yes. really can because we have been forgiven so much and I think we tend to forget that. Um, I know I do. It's easy to be offended in the days that we live in. I mean, offense is everywhere. Everyone's making yes. offense. Yes. But um, to be quick to forgive and move on, not hold their sin against them because Jesus isn't holding our sin against us is the biggest blessing. I think it's foundational to the gospel. And thank you for this opportunity to, to share my heart. And thank you. And for everyone out there who may be watching this, I just want to say, if you are dealing with you know, forgiveness issues and connection issues, I highly recommend that you get her, her book. And do pray. 
because God hears you and he will answer. Amen. Yeah. Bye. Bye.